This is Modern Woman. Find us at modernwoman.co for further info. My guest today has vast experience within the fashion and interiors industry, beginning her career journey holding executive positions for Ralph Lauren, Polo Jeans and Liz Clairborn. In 2009, she co-founded the online home decor site, One Kings Lane, which she sold seven years later. Susan Feldman is based in the United States and she's here with us to share with her wealth of business knowledge and why she is now on a mission to free women from rules, age limits and expectations with her company in the groove. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you, Susan. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So tell us a bit about your background. Sounds very interesting. Um, Where did you grow up? I know you spent quite a bit of time traveling over in the U.S., Yes. Uh, So I actually, uh, as a child, I moved quite a bit, which is not the norm. I moved eight times before graduating high school. My father was in retail and kind of working his way up the corporate ladder. So uh, I basically lived all over the United States from the South, Atlanta, Georgia, where I was born, Birmingham, Alabama, moved to the East Coast to Connecticut, St. Louis, Missouri, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, New York, and then My parents finally moved to Northern California my senior year in high school, where they remained for the next 40 years. (laughs) I was like, could you not figure that out a little bit earlier? Um, Anyway, so yeah, so I grew up really all over the country. Brilliant. So where are you based today? So today I live in uh, West Hollywood, California. Um, After my parents moved to Northern California. I went to college uh, in Northern California and then moved to Los Angeles where I worked for four years and then went back and got my MBA. Uh, and after I finished that, I moved to New York City where I lived for the majority of my adult life. Uh, and 15 years ago, uh, we moved to Los Angeles because my husband had a business opportunity out here. So tell us a bit more, like, where did you start your career and what gave you inspiration to get into the fashion industry? Um, As I had mentioned earlier, my dad was a retailer. I think, you know, he was probably, uh, you know, a great inspiration to me my entire life. So I kind of had retail in my blood, I think. And so when I graduated from college, I went into an executive training program in a major department store here in Los Angeles. And after working there for four years, I realized like the only thing I'd ever done in my life was work in retail. So that's one of the reasons I went back to business school to get my MBA because I thought maybe I would be a brilliant investment banker, but I would never know (laughs) because I only had worked uh, in retail. But turns out I like retail and I'm good at it. So I ended up moving to New York uh, to work for Macy's. And about a year after I got there, I went to work for a manufacturer, you know, basically selling product to the department store. So I worked on the wholesale side of the business for the next 20 something years. But yeah, that my, I would say that my dad was a big inspiration, you know, and kind of led me down that path. <laughs> At what point do you think you sort of realized that you wanted to set up your own business uh, rather than working for another company? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I kind of laugh today, you know, when you talk to young people and they're like, I want to be an entrepreneur. Like when I grew up, because I'm 65, so when I grew up, I never heard anybody say that. So I think, you know, I was fortunate enough throughout my career to be in what I would consider entrepreneurial environments. So I worked for large corporations, but really had control over like 
like my own business or developing product or, you know, trying to grow a business. So I kind of always had that sensibility of what it felt like to run your own business, obviously not the financial side because I was working for a big company. Uh, but I always was having ideas about, you know, different ideas for businesses. And when we moved to Los Angeles uh, 15 years ago, we bought a home in West Hollywood, which is where I am now. Um, and it was the first time I realized that I had lived in a house since I left my parents' home to go to college. I'd always lived in apartments because I lived in New York for such a long time. And I became like a lunatic about my home. <laughs> um, and so anyway, the, the long and the short of it is I became obsessed with decor and anything that had to do with the home. And, you know, the expression is necessity is the mother of invention. I was busy. I wanted to be furnishing my home with interesting and unique product. And I could not find it online at the time. I know it's, it sounds kind of crazy today, but back in, you know, when we moved out here in 2005, um, you know, online was really just getting started. And so I thought, well, why can't I create something like that online and create a place where you would have like really cool, interesting things for the home and you could, you know, you wouldn't have to go into a store. So would you say it was the first of its kind? I think we were definitely uh, first to market. I think we were um, an industry disruptor with One King's Lane. That's the business that we're talking about that I started in 2009. Uh, we were really, I think, the first home decor website that, you know, was doing what we were doing. I mean, there were, there were websites like, you know, uh, big box stores here, like a Crate and Barrel or Pottery Barn. I mean, they had some online business, but nobody was really doing what we were doing once we started One King's Land. So we were, I think, could be credited with disrupting the home decor industry. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That really is. So it took you seven years to establish it, and then it was acquired by Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, can you share with us sort of how you built the brand throughout those seven years from scratch? Um, ready for it to be sold on? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think when we started, it wasn't, we didn't think about it like we were going to start a business to sell the business. We started a business because we were passionate about the idea and the, you know, excited about building a brand and a company. So I think one of the first things, actually the first thing that we did, and by the way, I had a co-founder, Allie Pincus, when we started this business. Um, the first thing we did was talk a lot about the brand and what we wanted the brand to look like and what we wanted it to stand for and you know what was on brand what was not on brand and actually by doing that in the very beginning as the first thing that we did as we were developing our logo and all the brand identity it helped us so much as we were scaling the business because this was one of those businesses where it was like letting a genie out of the bottle we launched the business in march 2009 and it was just phew crazy growth for the next three years. I mean, you know, triple digit growth. So having spent time early on on the brand made a huge difference because as we were racing to, you know, grow the business and scale, it was very easy to say, oh, that makes sense because that's on brand or that doesn't make sense because that doesn't feel right for the brand. Mm. What would you say is the key to building a financially successful business? I mean, I think it depends on the business. I think, uh, you know, one thing that I probably learned as a takeaway from this is that I think as you scale a business, it's important to keep your eye on the bottom line and, you know, make sure that your 
profitable or, or you can get to profitability very quickly. I think especially in these tumultuous times where things are changing very quickly and it's hard to say what's going to happen tomorrow, right? Oh, well, absolutely. No one's ever been through um, what we've been through the past six months. And Yeah, no, this is all new for sure. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say you've learned since going through this pandemic? Um, I mean, I think on a personal level, I think that I guess if there's a silver lining to any of this, it was a little bit of a wake up call to sort of stop and smell the roses. <laughs> you know, I think everything really slowed down a lot. And so I think there were really positive things that came out of it from, you know, reconnecting with people and having lots of conversations and just mm -hmm. slowing everything down. Yeah, definitely. So tell us about your company in the groove, which I know is yeah. very much all, um, sort of in favor and supporting women. Um, so share with us a bit more about that. Yeah, totally. Um, so when we sold One King's Lane, as we we're, you know, going through that transaction, I started uh, chatting with a lot of friends of mine. And I kept hearing from people uh, women, these are women that typically were over 50 years of age, that they were not feeling great about themselves. They felt uh, invisible. That was the word that kept coming up a lot. And it kind of disturbed me to hear that because I really wasn't feeling that way, I guess, because, you know, I just come off of uh, creating One King's Lane and building that business and selling it. And I was, you know, fortunately for me, I felt that, you know, I was surrounded by lots of young people and it was an exciting time. And I felt good. I was in a good place. You know, my marriage, my kids were in good place. So I was like, wasn't feeling that way at all. And I thought, well, where do women this age go online to, I don't know, help through these times and navigate aging in a graceful way? And who's speaking to us? And I just couldn't find really anything online. So I thought, well, this is an interesting opportunity. And then what was really curious about it is that when I looked at the demographics, so this demographic, women over 50, is a very large group of people growing very quickly, has the greatest amount of personal wealth in, our, in the U.S. I can't speak worldwide, but in the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, and are super consumers. So they spend two and a half times more than any other demographic. So I'm like, okay, there's an opportunity here yep. to help women and do something uh, with this. Because I think, you know, at the end of the day, for whatever reason, and there's a lot of reasons, probably a whole nother conversation, this group is very underserved and kind of ignored. And so I wanted to create something that I thought would be a great destination for her to go to, to, you know, get information, be inspired, get access to things that she might not know about. So she would feel good about being part of the conversation, as we say, in the groove. So that's, we started that about uh, not quite two years ago. And how's it going? All good? It's going great. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, at the end of the day that people really are appreciating, you know, what we're doing. They find it informative. Basically, we spend a lot of our time on fashion and beauty and curate what we think, you know, is kind of cool and fun, but do it from the perspective of not a 22-year-old person, but a 50-something, yeah. or in my case, a 65-year-old woman. <laughs> yeah, and I agree. I mean, that, that is a different perspective. I mean, to be honest, I'm 29, um, so I'm not there just yet, but it does sadden me that women 
50 plus do feel like that. And, you know, from my personal experience of speaking to women around that age, you're right, they do have those sort of feelings of feeling a bit suppressed. So, I mean, what do you think is one of the biggest obstacles for older women in the workplace? Um, and how can we overcome this? Yeah, uh, it's a big obstacle. You know, I mean, that it, the problem is, is that our culture values youth so much. And I think also, you know, with the way technology is advancing, I think it's, it makes it challenging also for women as it, not just women, but men as they get older to stay current and, you know, kind of up to date. But I think the thing is, which is really sort of interesting, and I was having a conversation with some people yesterday that there's sort of this beauty and, you know, somebody said there's a book called, which I thought was just sort of said it all, like young geniuses and old masters. So like, you know, there's such value in people that have had experience and have done things and I think can share a different perspective from on a business than younger people. And I think when the two come together, it becomes very powerful, not one or the other, right? So I think... Anything that can be done within a business to, you know, incorporate older people, I think would be beneficial to, to those businesses. And I think they're just not getting a chance because they're getting aged out, you know, actually early and earlier now, which is, yeah. you know, I agree. It's, I mean, I it's think, tricky. Yeah, there's a lot of press around sort of, you know, the next generation because they're technically the ones that are sort of leading the way or going to experience what's coming next. But Right. I agree that I think that we can learn from those that have been there and done it. Um, and I mean, how do you think that we can sort of nurture that demographic and bring them into, you know, the workplace or work with them better? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is like, you know, giving them a chance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think sadly, um, and I think this is one of the reasons that I, this is a really challenging time for women at this age is that, you know, there's tons of changes happening in their life. So professionally, they're dealing with oftentimes getting aged out physically, going through menopause, uh, you know, from a relationship standpoint, their kids typically are leaving to go away to college or university. And, you know, they're sort of trying to reconnect with their partner who they've probably been with for a long time, but haven't really been with. So there, there's a, a lot of changes going on it's a it's a tricky time you know to navigate so you mentioned the menopause and i noticed mm. on your website you have the menopause register which is um sort of made me smile i was enjoying looking at that page um and i i feel it's a subject that needs to be discussed more often um mm. you know it's very much sort of cast aside um what advice would you give to working women going through the menopause and finding yeah. balance during that time of their life yeah, well, here's the good news. Even in the past two years since we started Get In The Groove, there's been a lot more conversation around menopause. Like, and nobody even used to talk about it, you know? So now there's actually, uh, I just got some products from a company that's tailored all their products, like, you know, beauty products to women going through menopause. But I think what my biggest advice is, like, you're not alone. And there's actually pretty good places you can go now to learn more about it, talk to somebody about what you're going through. Like, there's actually, we did an article recently uh, highlighting there become a lot of uh, telemedicine uh, companies that are focusing just on menopause. 
Uh, so somebody can sign up for that and speak with a trained uh, doctor who is knowledgeable in this area about what they're going through. So I think, you know, just knowing that you're not alone is probably the biggest advice that I can give to women. Because I think up until recently, nobody talked about it, like you said. And so people are just like, am I going crazy? Like, what, what the heck is happening here, you know? Uh, and it's not the case. There's a lot of people out there going through the same thing or similar mm. things. And like, it's good to talk about it. Mm, definitely. So over the years, what do you think has been your biggest challenge in business? And how have you overcome that? What has been my biggest challenge? <laughs> there have been plenty. That's for sure. Um, wow. You know, I think this is something that just has actually really come with age actually. And I think my biggest challenge was not saying no and always wanted trying to please people, you know? And I think with time and experience, I learned how to overcome that and say, no, I don't think that's right. Or that's not right for me. And that's kind of also now become, I think something that has helped me in my sixties for sure. Uh, but saying no, I think was sometimes hard to do. Yeah, I always wanted to do everything and please everybody. And at your age, I mean, how do you still stay motivated and focused? Uh, well, I think, I mean, I think part of it is like not even an age thing. It's just I feel really passionate about what I'm doing. And I feel that, uh, you know, if I can help make women in this demographic feel a little bit better about themselves, and then the bigger picture is change the conversation around ageism, that motivates me a lot. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, if you're not passionate about what you're doing, it's kind of hard to stay motivated, but I'm super passionate about what I'm doing right now. And that makes it very easy to do what I'm doing. Mm. And would you say that's always been the case? Or have there been times where you felt a bit demotivated and something's inspired you to sort of draw yeah. back in that and reignite that passion? I would yeah, I would say the majority of my career, I felt really excited and motivated about what I was doing. But actually, the times that I didn't were times when I made big changes. So like when I was when I moved to New York and went to work for Macy's, uh, I wasn't really enjoying what I was doing. It wasn't really what I thought it was going to be. And I made a big change and went to the wholesale side and started selling, which I loved doing. And I did for you know a number of years when we moved to California and I was still working on the wholesale side of the business, the business, the retail wholesale business had changed so much over the, you know, the previous years that I wasn't really enjoying what I was doing. And that's when I started one King's lane. Uh, so I think that, you know, the times when I'm not motivated and I'm really not, you know, inspired and feeling passionate are those points in time that have generated big changes in my life for the positive. Yeah. And what would you say success looks like to you? Success comes in a lot of different ways, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, I think success is a, is a personal thing. So I think, you know, for me, it's being proud of things that I've created, you know, whether it was when I was working for somebody else or building brands uh, on my own. So I couldn't be prouder of the brand that we built with One King's Lane and the team that we built and you know, what we did there. And that feels really super successful. And I think now with Get In The Groove, um, you know, I feel really good about it. I don't, I don't know that I would say we're successful yet. We're, I think we're on the road there. But I think, you know, reaching more people, 
and creating a bigger community will make me feel in this case uh, more like we're more successful. I mean, we have a nice base as it is, but I'd like to reach out to more women, more women internationally and, you know, have this be the place that people talk about when they start to enter into their fifties. And do you think that that idea of success or your sort of mark of success has changed throughout the years or has it always sort of been the same Like when you're opening up a business it's always been the same sort of goalpost oh no I think it's definitely changed and I think you know because I think you're how you measure things going to change anyway as you in each decade of your life I feel like I mean you can mark it that way right so I think it's just different because like early on in my career success meant moving along say within the corporate ladder right getting promoted getting bigger jobs, getting bigger titles, getting all that stuff. And then I realized, well, the title doesn't really make that much of a difference if you're doing, you know, what you really want to be doing and you're being, feel like you're being properly compensated for it. So like, you know, I I kind of sort of change what success looks like, I think, as you get older and also reset what's important to you. Um, Who would you say inspires you? Oh boy. That's, that's, I think I'm inspired by, um, my daughters, uh, you know, young women who are now starting their careers. So I'm constantly inspired by what they're doing. Um, and I think just seeing what they're doing makes me want to keep, you know, doing more. So that's, it's, I'd say they're probably my biggest inspiration today. Oh, that's amazing. So, I mean, you look amazing and certainly age-defying, the term that you use on your website. What's your secret to looking and feeling well, would you say? Well, thank you. Um, I think, you know, a lot of it comes from the inside, right? Like, I, I think... I think I've looked pretty good most of my life, but I think that when I made some changes in my life and I met my husband, it's my second marriage, you know, I fell madly in love with him and I felt really great about our relationship. I felt really good about myself and I don't know, it all starts inside. Like, I think you have to feel good inside to look good outside. I mean, I know that sounds sort of silly, but I don't think you can have one without the other. And then I think the other thing is just things that are pretty simple, like exercising on a regular basis, eating well, taking care of yourself, uh, and spending a little bit of time on yourself to do things that make you feel better. Mm, I totally agree. So just a couple more questions. Um, Yeah. What is a modern woman? What is a modern woman? Um, I think a modern woman is uh, a woman who I think she – knows what she wants, but she's open to change. And I think she's a very good listener. Mm, That's really good. Um, So it's been really great chatting with you. Is there anything else you feel you'd like to add or any sort of last nuggets of sort of information or inspiration? Yeah, I think, I think what's really important, you know, throughout one's career when you're working is like, I think it is really important to enjoy what you're doing And of course, you're going to take what you're doing seriously, but I think having fun and really enjoying it is important. It's really important. Um, And if you're not, then I think it's important to think about what would make you happy. And maybe it's something else or making a change in, you know, what you're doing. Thanks so much, Susan. And that was Susan Feldman from In The Groove.